How to Create a Glitch, the complete series. Chapter 5 Territoriality and Context In this chapter, I would like to elaborate on an idea introduced in the preceding book in relation to a discordance within the common expectation field. In summary, when mirroring breaks down in a social exchange, there is a corresponding increase in social tension. That increase in social tension is corrected by one of the participants exhibiting postural releases. These are movements of posture or posing which represent the gradual elimination of idiosyncratic, discordant positions, postures and their replacement with a mirrored expression. Mirroring is ultimately about cooperation. Social participants behave in such a fashion so as to produce a lubricated social interaction through mirroring. The movements which correspond to postural releases are movements which we unconsciously act out to release social tension so that mirroring can continue and the exchange continue. Eliminating postural releases increases the group emotional tension which makes a glitch more likely. However, there are other ways to increase this likelihood. One of them is through territoriality with respect to physical space or objects. Ownership of an object is antithetical to the cooperative nature of a mirroring exchange, unless there is acquiescence or consent. Postural releases represent the unconscious consent or acquiescence of one of the participants. Now, territoriality with respect to objects and space is ordinarily unconsciously decided. However, just as one can mirror or not mirror, consciously, thereby altering the dialogue, so too can one create physical territoriality with respect to objects or space, thereby increasing the social tension in the group. Using territoriality to artificially create tension can have the impact of making a glitch more probable. For example, let's say two individuals are seated at a table next to each other. They each have a knife and fork. One actor, the glitching actor, takes the nearby knife from beside the other actor's plate during a simple meal. He places the fork in front of him, next to his fork. And then, after producing or observing a response in the other, promptly returns it, while exhibiting postural releases. Such an exchange would create tension artificially, and then release it artificially. Such exchanges are fecund ground for creating glitches. If confronted, the actor who took the knife could simply say it was an accident, no harm done, but in the moment, he may observe something resembling an abnormality. Territoriality is a larger concept as well. For each human being possesses a kind of territoriality of space around their bodies. This space plays a role in their conditioning, rhythms and habits. Stepping into that space casually when it might not contextually make sense, or stepping away from it casually when it might not make sense, has the effect of altering the social dialogue and increasing group emotional tension. Knowing how to manipulate this territorial space is part of creating glitches at opportune times. Now, how do we take the ideas summarized in the preceding chapters and form them into a more cohesive set of directives to create a glitch? Let's start with postural releases. Postural releases are only possible with a loose, vapid attention. They are only possible when one is distracted, because by definition they are unconscious gestures. 
Since we know that resisting an impulse for a short time enhances our attention and our ability to utilize our bodies for tangential action, we know the first step. Since we also know that the elimination of natural postural releases also increases the likelihood of a glitch, once combined with the first step, it becomes easier to resist these impulses. So we know the second step. Finally, combining the tangential action with territoriality with respect to an object as in the example in chapter 2 would represent the best opportunity to observe a glitch in action. These steps can be used in a consistent way to produce glitches. 1. Find some impulse which recurs frequently. 2. Delay the gratification of the impulse while not letting it become extinct. 3. Maintain a rigid attention and concerted facial expression, posture, not wooden, natural, but yet highly aware. 4. Act tangentially or with artificial territoriality. Book 3, Context and Rebellion Glitching is ultimately about rebellion. It is ultimately about finding the limits of oneself and one's reality. It is about self-denial as much as it is about the rejection of a pre-programmed existence. It begins with self-analysis and ends with simply trying to retain the memories that betrayed the otherworldly nature of existence. I am writing this book for the latter reason, because it is no longer within me to live on the edge of what is real. So, I produce this book as a testament to what I have seen. It starts with the understanding that our existence is reflexive. When one goes deeply down the rabbit hole, one begins to see that reality is a mere projection of what is internal. But on the cusp, at the limits of our perception, we can see that the substance of our internal mind is parallel but continuous, held together by the external, which induces it to action. What do I mean by this? You may be scrolling through a social media site and find that the articles reflect your thoughts. But the question becomes, is that because your thoughts are shaping what you see? Or is it because what you see is shaping what you think? The reality is that when one separates the associations between the mind and the external, what one finds is that this synchronicity can be displaced, the end result of which is that the internal precedes the stimuli which should have induced it. So, what does this mean? What is the significance of this? There are a few possibilities. First, that which we think is pre-programmed or predestined is such that separating our consciousness from the externalities which induce it has the effect of liberating our stream of consciousness in time, but not in content. Second, it is also possible that in separating the mind from its externalities, what one is doing is separating the self from the continuity created by an interface with intersubjective content. To elaborate, perhaps in separating the mind from its intersection with a cohesive outward-inward experience, one is stepping into a reality created purely for the self. In effect, Escaping the intersection of one's conscious experience with the substance of reality has the effect of isolating oneself in a bubble universe created purely by one's subjectivity. I cannot answer this question in a definitive way. But I can grasp at answers through other experiences. If one escapes one's own intentions, steps beyond the purview of one's gratifications, 
what one will find is that reality seems to take on a peculiar shade. This bubble universe created by one's subjectivity is not purely one of passive observation. It is a reality which is interactive, truly real, in its own fashion. It is a reality where individuals behave in a peculiar fashion. For example, one might conceive of the desire to visit a convenience store to purchase a chocolate bar. One might, then, at the last minute, do something different. Not a preconceived plan mind you but a spontaneous change in direction, unrestricted by one's intentions or imagination. If one was to act in this way on a regular basis, one might find certain things become observable. First, it is not uncommon when one behaves in this fashion to experience others acting in strange and unusual ways. They might chase you, or speak to you, as if they know you. They might follow you or mirror you in unusual ways. Or they might try to direct you back on course, away from this faulty line of thinking, back to the enclosure of your intersubjective self. You may see or hear people doing peculiar things or saying absurd things, which make no sense in the context. So the question becomes, why? Context is the foundation of uniformity. It is context which preserves the meaning of what we experience within the gamut of our intersubjective space. It is usual for people to make statements or do things which are ordinary, if we contextualize their actions. The truly unusual takes place at the wrong time or in the wrong place. There is nothing more to observing a glitch than observing something out of time or place. So, what is the foundation of context? Context is based upon, ordinariness. It is based upon, routine, or, habit, or, system, or, organization. It is based upon schedule. All of these things intermingle, to create our expectations for what is and should be. Observing a reality which is truly unusual requires nothing more or less than destroying the context. How does one, destroy the context? First of all, what is the context? Context is continuity. Context is the common sense, ordinary reasoning behind everyday things. Context is enclosure. Context is how we understand the meaning of statements, the intentions of others. But context is also malleable. It is not some uniform predictive rule. It is interactive, shaped by the intentions and emotions of others we interact with. Context is how we rationalize the actions of others, how we create a space for their intersection within us. Imagine that one walks into a room and sees someone doing a particular thing which is odd or unseemly. Now, one might discover later the explanation for that thing by speaking with someone who knows the person. One might attach context at a later time. But in the moment, when one observes the strange event or occurrence, one is captivated by its fundamental oddness. This experience tells us a few things. First, it tells us that context can be created at any time. Second, it tells us that context arises organically. What I mean by that is, that which is unexplained demands explanation, and people act unintentionally, organically, towards that end. But, what if context was an illusion? What if it is the only thing separating a reality which is discontinuous and disjointed, from the one we perceive as everyday life? 
What if oddness is the true nature of reality? What if ordinariness is merely a facade created by this nebulous concept of context? This is the true goal of glitching. To experience the true nature of reality, with all its oddness, incongruity and ambiguity. To recognize the fundamentally unsound structure and being of this world. To recognize that strangeness is in fact truth. <laughs>